she walked in and she just had this attitude and this look on her face. Then she said something to turn around and I said, that's it. And I just snapped. I knocked the TV over, pulled the gun out of the back of my pants and just opened fire on her and shot her dead right in the kitchen. They said the first round killed her instantly. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. And we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, who found answers, and a real God. Today, we're doing a follow-up show with Ray Ciaramaglia, who turned himself into the police after murdering his girlfriend when he lost control. In the last show, Ray shared with us how he grew up with huge anger issues and was very violent in his life. He talked about the violence that was in his family, with his parents, there was domestic violence there, even between him and his dad seeing physical abuse towards his mother and him standing against that. And even the violence continuing on coming into the streets where he was fighting people in the streets as well. Eventually, it led him into a lifestyle where he got involved with a outlawed biker gang. Ray described his relationship with Michelle, his girlfriend, and how they both got into drugs like meth and marijuana. And we're going to have him on the show to share about what ultimately happened with his girlfriend, Michelle Renee Hilt. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. Such a blessing to be here. Ray, it's so good to have you back. Ray, I understand there was a lot of friction between you and Michelle. And another fact is that Michelle's mom was a evangelist pastor. Right. And in ministry. So she was kind of rebelling, obviously, from that. And, you know, here she is with you. In that process, though, with there's fighting and heavy fighting, something happened that led to a huge conflict between you regarding a child. What happened? Well, what happened was she came home one day and she said, go in the bathroom and look at the top of the toilet tank. And I said, why? Is it broke? She said, just go look. So I go look and it was one of the pregnancy tests. And it showed that whoever took the test was pregnant. I kind of freaked out. I had it in my hand. I went out the door and looked at her. I said, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, really? This is real? She's like, yeah. I said, oh, my God, that's beautiful. I said, honey, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, this is a chance for us to change our lives and, you know, with a baby on the way. And I didn't say nothing about marriage because I was married before and it ended in a disaster. So mm-hmm. um, my take on marriage was it was really bad. I wasn't getting married again. Mm. Ray, so I'm understanding that conflict over this child erupted where she ended up getting an abortion. Tell us about that. Yeah, she wasn't going to have it. She was going to have it. My mother was going to take the baby. I'm like, not this Italian. I'll raise my children. And so she decided she's going to have it. And that morning when I got up to go to work, we ended up in the most horrific yelling, screaming match. And so I said, fine. So I grabbed her car keys. And I know she didn't have another set. And I got my friend's truck and went to work. Mm. Knowing she can't go now and get the abortion because I'm going to stop it. Mm. What I didn't know is that a mutual friend of ours, she came over and picked her up and brings her to have the abortion at that murder factory where they do that. Mm. And I got home at like 5.30. She wasn't home yet. So I'm really, really scared. And she finally came home. It was about quarter, seven, maybe 7.15. And she looked like death. 
I don't know if you've ever seen a cadaver that's been laying in the morgue for like three days. Yeah. But that's what she looked like. Oh, no. And I just, my heart melted. I could do nothing but put my arms around her. And the other girl was holding her up, really. I put my arms around her and just take her with me. And I was bringing her in the house. I turned and looked at the other girl. I said, you, get out. Wow. And I did it in such a way that this girl ran out of the house. She was hysterical. Wow. I scared her because she knew that I would hurt her. So I shut the door and put Michelle in bed. Right. I know it's hard, but tell us about the night where you ended up losing control and ultimately shooting Michelle. Well, you know, it was June 11th, 1995, when the anger finally just blew up and just caused a whole lot of tragedy and a lot of lives changed on that night. It was bad because I was already a psychological mess. We had been doing meth every day for the last, like, six, seven days. So I hadn't slept in, like, six, seven days. Holy cow. So I was mad at her. She's mad at me. And so we had went to my friend's house because it was his stepson's birthday. So we went over there and I gave the kid 50 bucks. Said, you know, get what you want. Don't buy nothing stupid. <laughs> and I was talking to my brother and just telling him I just can't understand why I've been so depressed. I've been so depressed. I sat in my backyard one day where my dogs were like laying their heads on my lap and looked at my face and just cried. Oh. And so Michelle came in the other room and she said, I told you I don't want you talking about my personal business with other people. She said, is Joe going to let you borrow the truck? Good. See ya. And she walked out the door. And I'm like, come here. She's going to come. She's got her car drove away. Well, I didn't have my bike because I had snapped a shifting spring and it was in the shop. So my brother let me borrow his pickup truck. So I went home and she wasn't there. And I went back to Al's house to see if she was over there buying more meth. Mm. And I'm trying to buy her mother's house. She's not there. I drive by the next door neighbor who was a drug dealer at the time. Mm. And then I went home and she finally came home while I was there. Wow. And she walked in and she just had this attitude and this look on her face. And I carried a firearm. I carried three firearms to be exact. You know, being the lifestyle that I live, you have to be able to protect yourself with deadly force whenever needed. Yeah. She was going into this fridge to get some iced tea and she had poured herself a glass and put it back. And she said something to turn around and I said, that's it. And I snapped. I knocked the TV over, pulled the gun out of the back of my pants and just opened fire on her and shot her dead right in the kitchen. They said the first round killed her instantly. The other rounds were just a waste of time. Wow. Ray, how did you feel after the moment you had shot her? Like, what did you feel after the moment when you had shot the one you loved? I felt lost. I felt hopeless. I felt that, what did I do? What did I just do? Have I lost my mind? I'm a dead man. And I remember leaving the house and I locked the front door as I left and got in the truck and just drove because all I was thinking about was taking my own life. And I wanted to go to the beach and sit on the beach and wait till the sun come up, blow my brains out. And that's what I was going to do. Unfortunately, I got a flat tire on the highway and I got this big black Colt 45 in front of my pants. And a cop cop pulled up ahead of me and I'm like thinking, should I throw the gun? You know, forget it. If he does, you know, I'm dead right here. He's sitting right there looking at me. There's no way you can't see that gun sitting right there. Wow. And he said, what's up? I said, I got a flat tire. I'm going to walk up and call for some help. He said, I said, no, I'm good. And he drove away. I walked up to the top of the exit ramp, went to the store, bought a pack of cigarettes and a soda, and was walking down the track. I ended up wandering through an orange grove for like six hours. Brother, I've never seen an orange grove that's a billion acres big. This orange grove is huge. I was just wandering through it, and I pulled out my gun. I said, it's right here. I'm going to do it. So I put my gun in my mouth and tried to pull the trigger, and it wouldn't pull. I pointed the gun away from me and pulled the trigger, and it fired. I said, oh, maybe it was just weird. So I put it back in my mouth, and it still wouldn't fire. 
all I kept hearing was, no, 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 I'm not going to let it happen. Interesting. The third time I did it, I put it in my mouth again because it fired twice now. I put it the third time, I put it away and fired the third time. I'm like, all right, I got this. I'm going to get down to a store, call the cops, and when the cops get there, I'm going to put my gun on them. But before I do that, I'm going to take my magazines and throw them in the creek mm-hmm. and all the bullets. I have an empty gun. There's no way I can shoot anybody. I already ruined enough lives. I deserve to die. So when I called the cops three times and they finally showed up, before they showed up, the Lord said, no, I will help you. But at the time, you couldn't tell me that was God. Because you didn't know God. No, I didn't know it. Absolutely not. Wow. So the guy came. I had made a really last-second decision not to do that. So I walked over to the police car. I said, I think I shot my girlfriend in an argument. If you go over there under that shirt, you'll find my wallet with my driver's license, my license to carry concealed weapon, and an unloaded forty-five. Wow. And he did. He handcuffed me, put me in the back of the car, went over there, got that, put it in the trunk, and then took me to the police station. Ray, what were you thinking about yourself as you're turning yourself in and this moment where you changed your mind and you made this moment where it's like, oh, I can't do this to this police officer's life. You know, I can't ruin his life. Well, that's exactly what it is. It dawned on me that, and this is the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart, is how can you do that to this officer? You're going to ruin his life because after he kills you, He's going to see that your gun had no bullets in it. Mm-hmm. You just killed an unarmed man. Mm-hmm. Might as well not have had a gun and pointed my finger at him. So that's why I followed what the Holy Spirit was telling me. And at the time, I didn't know that. And I just turned myself in. Mm-hmm. I just heard whatever was going to happen to me. And that's why I did it. Hey, let's stop there. Let's stop there because I want to have you on our next show to hear what happened when you went to prison for the crime that was committed. And Ray, thank you. And this is a super touchy subject. Oh man, yes it is. And I'm amazed how you can humbly share this deep, dark past. And so thank you because your heart is to share this vulnerable moment so that you can stop someone from making the same mistake so that you can change destiny for someone else to not go down this path. So, Ray, thanks so much for being on our show. Looking forward to seeing you on our next show. Amen. Thank you, brother. It's been a pleasure being on the show. God bless. God bless you. Don't go anywhere. Let's unravel what you just heard right after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what are you thinking about this? I know for some of you, you're hearing this and you can't believe that you're hearing it from the mouth of the one who did it. But you are. He isn't hiding it. He has done something that most of us wouldn't do. But he's confessing to his own harm. And he fully took responsibility for the heinous crime he showed towards his girlfriend in that moment of rage. This story teaches me a lot. First of all, for some of you, your rage, you better get a hold of it. 
before it gets a hold of you. Let this be a sign and a byword to you if you struggle with rage and anger. It will always take you to a place where you never intended to go. That's the lesson that really hit me. But what really gets me is Ray tries to kill himself. He tries to end his life, but God helps him to do the right thing, which is to turn himself in. Amazing. That takes some serious guts. In the Bible, it says in Proverbs chapter 28, 13, it says, He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. If we try to cover our own sins, we won't prosper. But if we confess our sins and then forsake them, we will have mercy. You're going to hear how Ray experienced mercy and he would have gotten nothing but judgment if he tried to hide it. And I know someone who's listening right now and they're living their lives trying to cover their own dirt. You're trying to cover your own sins. You're thinking you'll get away with it. My friend, let's take a time to confess to God and get real and get right. Lord Jesus, we come to you. Lord God, you know all things. There's that hidden sin that we felt like we've needed to cover up. Lord Jesus, we take a moment to confess that sin to you. Do it, friend. Just confess it to him. Lord Jesus, we want to receive your forgiveness. We repent to you in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.